point. We're living in a, you know, a punto, modern age of uh, the new psychedelic renaissance. And I thought, this is this is not real. This is uh, my gosh. I'm on the radio. People hear me. You know what we do with our time here on the planet, and uh, you know how we give to others and affect others' lives, and uh, what we do with it is important. Oh, wait a minute! I didn't know that's the direction we were going. <laughs> that every major spiritual tradition says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within. It's about what makes you happy and satisfied. Like you said, like you just said, you have to be able to control it. You can't let it control you. Always part of me wanted an audience. It's naive to think that human beings have stopped evolving. The, the world is a very rich place if you start exploring. Okay, so welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Point Counterpoint podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wright, and with me today is Luke West, and uh, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and just say a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, I'm Luke. I'm the host of The Imperfect Pod. The Imperfect Pod is a podcast that discusses masculinity and manhood more intentionally and purposefully um, to really kind of highlight the challenges that men are going through right now in, in fit like understanding their fit to society but also in knowing that there's not really a one-size-fits-all idea of masculinity so lots of questions out there is is toxic mask or is toxic masculinity a thing is it not a thing me i don't know what it is i'm just trying to ask questions talk to fathers sons um gay men same-sex marriages women everyone under the sun about what masculinity might be although most of my guests are um predominantly men and i've had like porn addicts porn stars uh lots of different people on and i just love the conversation yeah it's really interesting uh, i want to, to kick this off here with a little poem uh it's by uh jorge luis borges he's a argentinian writer and uh, I actually, I, I translated this into English myself, just to make sure everyone could understand what it is. It's called himno or himno, uh, just translates to him. And it goes, this morning, there is in the air an incredible fragrance of the roses of heaven. Adam discovers the freshness of water. A rain of gold falls from the sky. It is the love of Zeus. A fish jumps from the sea and a man from Agrigento will remember having been that fish. In the cavern, whose name will be Altamira, a hand without a face traces the curve of a, of a loin of a bison. The slow hand of Virgilio strokes the silk that caravans and, ship, and ships brought from the reign of the Yellow Emperor. The first nightingale sings in Hungary. Jesus sees the coin of, uh, the, on the coin the profile of Caesar. Pythagoras reveals to the Greeks that the form of time is a circle. In an, ocean of the, in a, in an island of the ocean, the greyhounds of silver pursue the deer of gold. On an anvil, they, they forge the sword that will be faithful to Sigurd. Whitman sings in Manhattan. Homer is born in seven cities. A maiden just caught the white unicorn. All the past returns as one wave, and those ancient things recur because a woman has kissed you. So I thought that was a, a, a good start out for a... For yeah. a podcast based on masculinity and I'm, sexuality never, yeah i've never heard it before so i thank you for sharing it it's definitely um that in front of me it sounds very much in tune with nature with the feminine side which i which i like it, it sounds very 
poetic, which is, you know, it's a poem. So you'd hope so. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this guy, Borges, he's, he has this almost magical way of just creating these storylines where, you know, he just creates these worlds and, you know, and here he's showing, you know, the, the, the magic that is felt by this man, because when he kisses this woman, you know, this attraction and, you know, I'd say that that's, one of the things that drives, you know, sexuality is, you know, you know, this desire for women. It's, it's just this powerful thing that motivates, uh, that motivates people towards, uh, towards finding, finding the mate uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's interesting, we're recording this a day before Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. there's lots of questions, obviously, for a lot of young men right now who are thinking of like, if they're single or together, like what does romance look like? What does sexuality, sensuality, intimacy look like? And almost every guy out there craves the kiss of a woman at -hmm. some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's a a real thing that a lot of young men have to own about themselves and, and take into consideration when on days like this is, you know, it's okay to feel lonely but what are you going to do about it? And like, how are you going to fill that gap without filling it with anger or resentment? Yeah, exactly. Um, so another thing I was wondering is, you know, um, out, of, out of all the, the interviews you've done and uh, the, the topics that you've covered uh, on this topic, uh, what's, um, what's, what's one of the, ma- the main takeaways that you've had, you know, or there could be more than one. Uh, yeah. The main one is, is, there's no one size fits all idea of masculinity and there shouldn't be, you know, how you as Chris think of yourself as, as a man or think of what manhood is versus me as Luke, those two things are completely okay. As long as they don't spread like hatred towards one another. Cause one of the things is, and I talk about this sometimes is, you know, there's this idea of traditional masculinity and what does traditional masculinity look like? Well, people would say, you know, a guy who is big and strong and lumberjack, maybe has a beard, like beards are considered very masculine in society um, and can take care and provide for his family. And, and, and in America, especially North America too, there seems to be a, like that um, Marlboro man or, or those guys that used to be cowboys that were the epitome of masculine not everyone cares about those things, right? Not everyone wants to live the same life. And traditional masculinity has, has kind of put some of the typical characteristics in a box and said, this is the type of man that you should acclaim to be and aspire to be. I mean, under the four different architects, there's like the warrior, the king, uh, the artist, like there's, there's different ideas. So obviously you can't be all four in one, typically you lean more towards the other. And I think the archetypes archetypes themselves are kind of um, pseudoscience in a lot of, in a lot of ways. But one thing I would say is that there's no one size fits all. It's, it's how, if you see manhood as providing financially for your wife or your family or your partner and working and, and, you know, being as not, not being a stay at home dad or, more of a traditional family. I think that's okay. As long as you don't discriminate against those who now are like, yeah, I want to be a stay at home dad. I want to nurture my kids. I want my wife to make all the money. Like 
both of those things are fine and they can live when in harmony with one another if you just let them if you let people be people and let them choose according to what they actually want that would be one of the biggest takeaways that i have and it's too much judgment in society about one masculinity versus another or one type of man versus another like listen i'm not a guy that wears, wears nail polish and i never i don't think i ever will be i don't see a point in it i don't see it other than maybe a fashion statement but there's judgment out there from guys saying oh that's really feminine and and you're less of a man because you do it and i'm like listen i could say the same thing about you and the fact that you won't let your wife work or don't want your wife to work because it's intimidating to your pride and so yeah that, that's kind of my one big takeaway is there's no one size fits all of masculinity yeah I totally agree. There's a lot of individual variation, you know, what's, what, what works for one person doesn't necessarily fit for another. And, you know, um, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of people might be, you know, too uh, not accepting of what other people's choices uh, with these different forms of masculinity, you know? Um, and, you know, I like this one, I like this one uh, idea that I got from Eric Weinstein. He was talking about, he wasn't actually talking about masculinity, but you know, it, it's, it, I think the idea applies. And he's talking about to be, uh, uh, to be, you know, strict with yourself, but uh, accepting of, with others, you know, because, you know, we're, we're all, we're all hypocrites in the end. Um, so the most, the most you can do is, you know, try to, to minimize, or the least you can do is just try to minimize the much that you are a hypocrite, you know, yeah. you know, um, allow other people to live how they want to live. Um, but with yourself, you know, do what, do what you feel is the best, you know, yeah. it kind of goes back to the idea of, you know, my right to swing my fist ends where the next guy's nose begins. Mm. Yeah. And I like that quote, actually, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and what you see is a lot of men judging other men, for not doing like self-work themselves. Well, like everyone's broke, broken in some, some way, like air quotes, you know, I, I really do focus on self-improvement, but I don't get mad at others too much. If they're the division of labor between the sexes was more even than uh, in other cultures where generally it was the males that were the providers and the women's children, you know, they, they cooked, they, what, they took care of the children. Um, obviously they're, there are differences in between. Yeah. Well, there, but you, you know, people bring up a lot. 100% is like, you think of male sports and female sports, like, or men's sports and women's sports. Um, a lot of times, the cross competitive wouldn't work in, in, in the more physically dominant sports. It just wouldn't have the same capabilities. But at the same time, there's tons of difference between men and other men. Like, yourself and myself are probably different heights, different body structures. You know, there's short guys out there who I'm sure could not match the, the physical capability of taller guys. If you had to, de if you had to define masculine, masculinity, simply, just simply put, how would you, how would you put, say that? Uh... I would say it's the way that comes naturally to you in your like performance of of being a man mm -hmm. um you know i don't care about changing tires i would say it's not a physical thing it, most of it comes from emotional like are you noble are you doing the right things it's a lot more virtuous than it is your physical traits 
Um, but yeah, just however you think it is or works best for you without the judgment of others to be satisfied with how you see yourself as a man is, is quite simply enough, enough for me. Um, I've never had too much. I used to judge a lot of other um, men for it, but now I, I've learned to, to just do my own thing. And by doing my own thing, I've had a lot of open conversations with other young men like my age about some of their insecurities, but just be who you are and don't judge anyone else for how they're trying to be unless it's actively hurting other people. Those are good words right there. Uh, so you're from Canada. Um, how, how would you how, how would you say that the differences are in masculinity uh, from there to the United States or, or do you see any at all? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is nationalism and patriotism. Um, that seems to be the biggest difference here is a lot of American masculinity is tied to the political beliefs that they have. I would say that's much separate up in Canada. Now there are some with Alberta being probably like the more conservative province, uh, oil, laborists, blue collar jobs, um, where it does come to a lot of different, they're a little bit more nationalistic and, and, uh, patriotic over there, I guess. And with America, you know, I think that is the biggest difference is that they buy, they really buy into that America's number one, America's founded on Christian institutions and, and Christian beliefs, foundational uh, belief systems. And because of that spawns out the idea of, well, in order to be a good man, you have to be a biblical man. Now, I don't know what type of um, religious Bible they're reading sometimes in terms of how they interpret a biblical man. But I mean, my dad is a theologian. He, he went to Bible school. And what I see in him is completely different than the idealistic American man. Um, so I think that's where it really ties in is, is that difference between how much patriotism and nationalism in America takes a role. And I don't see that almost in any other culture uh, from what I've, from who I've spoken to and what I've talked about. It, it's, it's a definitely unique part of the American journey is that American dream and that American number one mentality. And if they're not number one, it's like a, a shock to their pride. It's a shock to their nature as a man. It's a shock to their nation like you see pro-life uh pro-choice come into it a lot you see one one thing i will give the people like a lot of the traditional men in america is is the taking away of uh gendered terms so like the idea of a father i think is an important role for a lot of people like to have the title of father so to take away that gendered term and make it like a parent i think it does I think that one is one I can get on board with of, of why it, it's hurt, hurtful or, or harmful to them because the idea of a role or, has, or the, the role of a father has been so important and prevalent in American history. Um, so to get rid of it is, is something that they can't get on board with. Now, for me, I think it should be mother, father, and parent, just not, not just parent, right? Like 
it's really if if you're uh, listen back um, and post it, I'm like, well, that was exactly what I need to hear right now. Again, again, four weeks ago, like the big conversation. All of a sudden, there's like that moment that becomes a big time. So, you know, the one that I was saying to the surpassing from a psychologist who talked about life in just kind of taking life and to keep the eyes and mind and experience knowledge behind it, um, and really, you know, being meaning too much and part of the language is, is costing me the other day. So that was I don't think it's a favorite author term because for the moment. Uh, actually fantastic book. Uh, it's a lot of here behind me, and I'm trying to point. Oh, I missed it. Um, really, really fascinating book, but the, it, it's a very empathetic approach to men in today's society and how the systems, you know, men aren't inherently violent. But this, I've interviewed cross dressers, I've interviewed gentlemen in, in same sex marriage, but gender roles and how gender roles play into same sex marriage. Uh, so I don't really have a favorite. I like them all too, because the, those are typically a little bit more vulnerable. One book that I read recently is called Quiet. It's about introverts, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking.